Geeksters, I'm your host Ed. And I'm Al Pacino. It's hard to be Sean. <laughs> and welcome to episode 51, part two of Geeksters. Uh, in this episode, we talk about nerd news. Nerd news. That was wake everybody up. Okay. <laughs> What's the most annoying sound? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ed. So, yeah, so in this hour, we kind of, I kind of bitch about Paramount. Yes. So. Because of the whole Star Trek in the darkness. <sighs> and how they're fucking you now at the DVD releases. Yes. At least Paramount is. I'm really hoping they kind of learn their lesson, but... Hi, I'm Bye Bye Coffee. <laughs> and now, now, here's the thing. Okay, since yeah. so I, I'm at Best Buy, as right. we know in, in episode one, where I was getting the Batman the Dark Knight Returns Deluxe Edition. Yes. And I see the Star Treks. Okay, I don't see the, the special phaser one. I mean, okay. I figure that's probably an online exclusive kind of thing. Right. But I do see the 3D, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy yes. version. That's the one I picked up. Okay. Then there's just the standard Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy pack. Okay. And that had a real nice cover on it. You know, it was kind of see-through. He had, like, that little logo. Like, the, for the 3D one, it's basically the Enterprise, you know, f- in flames going towards Earth. Yes. But it, of course, looks like in 3D. So it's like, ooh, it's just <laughs> so you know it's in 3D. For the standard one, it's basically the logo. You know how they had that poster of Cumberbatch? Yeah. In, like, standing with the flowing cape. Almost very, very, very Darth Vader-esque inside the Star Trek logo. Okay, yeah. Well, they have that, and it's see-through, and you can see Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. Okay. So it's like a little, like, ooh, like, action kind of photo kind mm-hmm. of thing. Then they had the Best Buy exclusive okay. version, which was like, all right, you know... What's what's in it this time? Right. Well, Best Buy has its exclusive deal with CinemaNow.com, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So if you bought that, which is the Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, right? You also get access to the CinemaNow.com copy of it. Okay. Which is basically just streaming live, but with that, there's a 30-minute behind-the-scenes stuff that you can get. But in order to get that. You have to be watching it through CinemaNow.com. It's not part of the disc. Right. You just have access to it. Okay. So you have to have a CinemaNow.com account. Right. Which I'm assuming is free. If it's like ultraviolet, it's a free account because they're just taking you body, you just upload it, and that's that thing. Right. Into the cloud. Ooh, the cloud. <laughs> but I'm just like, eh, you know what? Oh wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I decide. And what gets what irritates me even more is that. Yes, that's the Best Buy exclusive. So why not have it with all the other products that you're selling in your Best Buy store? It was separate. It was separate. Well, wow. I mean, it was like, well, you had, there was three copies. I mean, it could have been, if I didn't want the CinemaNow.com one the, with the 30 minutes extra, I could have just bought the Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Okay. You know, 
but that didn't come with it. I mean, you had the option of picking the two. Oh, okay. You know, if you were like, ooh, I have the cinema now, let me go get this one so I can get the extra 30 minutes of bonus shit. Right. Or, if you don't care about the bonus shit, or like me, I don't have a cinemanow.com account, because I don't feel like it. Right. I, I just, you can just buy that one. Okay. But the Blu-ray, the 3D version, didn't come with any of it. I mean, wow. it came with the standard bonus feature stuff. Yeah. You know, but it didn't come with the option for the cinema now. I mean, I think that if you're willing to shout the extra money for the, th- the 3D combo pack thing, mm-hmm. which in retrospect, as sales goes, the Blu-ray DVD pack was like 20 bucks, and the 3D one was $25 as opposed to like $35. So I, I kind of like rationalized it when it's like, well, I'm saving 10 bucks yeah. to get this one versus the $5 that I would pay normally. You know, for a regular Blu-ray, so I was like, I saved money in the deal. Okay, good. I mean, but also, like I said, I have a 3D Blu-ray player and 3D TV, so... It works out. It works out. I mean, but I can be honest, I don't think I've really... I think the only thing I've ever watched on the 3D Blu-ray is the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. You know, and I looked at that, too, and I was like, oh, you know what? It doesn't look like coming anything extra for the 20th anniversary. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> not getting my money, Disney. <laughs> you got enough of it already. <laughs> That's right, bitches. So then what else do we talk about in the nerd news that was super exciting? <laughs> Nothing. It was boring. Like me bitching a lot and making some probably crude jokes and not even that good. But we did in the third hour do a little bit of a Catfish Corner. Yes. A little bit, very brief, I think. Very, very brief. It was a record-breaking speed of the synopsis of last week's Catfish Corner. Yes. I was very proud of myself. I was like, yo, here it is. Boom, 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 boom. If you wonder what that is, you gotta listen to part three, bitches. (laughs) So sit back and enjoy. Sit back and enjoy. Sorry. When you said that, sit back down. I was like, hey, it's Killigan Islands. <laughs> Killigan's Islands. You know, because they had more than one. Hey, yo, hey, it's me, Killigan. Hey, fuck the professor. I'm going to go bang Mary Jane. <laughs> I don't think it was Mary Jane either. <laughs> okay, good. Marianne. Marianne. It was Marianne. <laughs> Mary Jane, that's Peter Parker's Bang, bang, I too. It's me, Killigan. I got to bang all over I want. I did it with Ginger, I did it with Mary Ann, I even did it with Mary Jane before I left on this stupid three-hour tour. I turned into seven years of being stuck on an island with an old broad, a snobby redhead, and a hometown country girl. And no access to razors. You ever try shaving your nuts with a coconut? Hurts. I'm just saying. Oh! Oh! It's me, Gilligan. I never even thought of that until you said it. <laughs> How did they shave? That's right. How did they shave? And then all of a sudden, the Clotham Globetrotters come around for no apparent reason. <laughs> and they never save them. They always they left. They always left. <laughs> left those people behind. We eventually got back. Like in the mid-70s. We got paid, came back. And there was a couple, you know, they... We went back to the island. It was like we spent all that time on the island. We get rescued, and we have decided to go back to the island and make it a resort because it was so beautiful because we had such a great fucking time there. You know what I'm saying? I said, hey, yo, Skipper, I'm telling you, we got a money-making deal here. We go back to the island, charge these yuppie mother cocksuckers 
a mint, and we're rolling in the dough. <laughs> rolling in it, Skipper. We suckered that millionaire and his wife. <laughs> we got them off the island, but we kept some of the money. Oh, so we used that money. Bada boom, bada bing. Hotel spa. All the rich housewives come over. Oh, I want to go see Gilligan's Island. Because it's Gilligan's Island. My idea, my fucking island. And then we get Ginger to come around, shake her little red-headed ass. Mary Jane makes her pies. She bigs Mary Ann, too. Because now I'm doing all both of them. I'm doing, I'm borderline Mary's. I'm tapping those coconuts, if you get what I'm saying, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> next thing I know, boom, millionaire. <laughs> and now I'm first and the third. More like Gilligan, Gilligan Goomba. <laughs> the first, eh? <laughs> That's right. Rolling in it, though, Ed. Rolling in it. I'm glad you're rolling in it. <laughs> That's right, yo. I'll give the show back to you guys. So you get all part three of this phenomenal show that we simulcast on our island. Well, thank you for simulcasting. Hey, that's the least I could do for allowing me some time on your program. You see? You're very generous. Hey, that's what I said to I told Skipper. But no, next thing I know, the professor is skimming off the top. <laughs> We were always wondering where he's getting the money for his stupid inventions that never work. The only thing he ever got working was the freaking radio. And we're all stuck on oldies. You know how bad oldies are? In the 50s? It's like classical music and shit. I'm just saying. So what did you do to Professor if you Broke his kneecaps. <laughs> So what do you can do because you don't want to kill or whack the guy because the guy's still working for us. If you kill him, he can't make money. Okay. And he can't pay us what he owes us. So you break his legs or a finger. You take a finger, but you know, he likes to work with his hands. So I just figure, you know what, we'll kneecap him. That's what I'm saying. All right. Get back to your drawing board, Professor. <laughs> professor what? Professor fucking idiot. That's what I keep telling him. <laughs> Ain't that right, Skipper? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's very little, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, look, you guys go back to your show and, uh, you know, have fun with part three <laughs> of this phenomenal show called Geeksters. <laughs> well, thank you. And enjoy episode... A part two of this episode. And if you want to ever contact Ed. <laughs> that's that's the next part. That's right. Hey, I'm just trying around the very thing. Maybe they maybe they don't want to listen to the rest of it. Maybe I just want to contact Ed and go, hey, that Gilligan guy is pretty cool. Maybe they should contact him at Ed at WordsWithGeeks.com. That's all I'm saying. But you know you what? You run your show the way you want to run it. All right, mister? So you just go and play part freaking two of your little show, and maybe, if you're lucky, I'll come back. Oh, thank you. So enjoy. Enjoy.
And we're back. Uh, yes, we are. So what's up, man? <laughs> well, before we went on break, you were going to do a rant, uh, but uh, we'll tell them why we're doing You're going to do the rant, and then we'll do the rant. Yeah, let's jump into nerd news, and then I can go into my whole tried about how Paramount's a fucking bastard. <laughs> Sorry. So, Ed, what's in the nerd news this week? Well, the first nerd, nerd news is uh, why Star Trek Into Darkness Blu-ray is going to rip you off. That's right, those bastards. Tell us why, Ed. Basically, the people at Paramount decided to divide up all the extras that you would get, the featurettes that you would get, depending on what Blu-ray, where you bought it. Yeah, this is something I'm not a big fan of. Okay, now, let's let's start off by saying I'm a huge movie fan. Yes. And the part that I love about DVDs, especially Blu-ray, are the special features. Right. I'm a sucker for special features. If it's got an audio commentary, if it's got featurettes, if it's got... I love the movie-making process. Yes. So anything you can kind of throw about me, like, even if it's, like, you know, two guys in a booth talking about, oh, and this day we had pizza for lunch, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in, in just hearing them. Like, that's why I love Kevin Smith movies on Blu-ray or DVDs, because the audio commentaries are just so much fun. Right. You know, or, like, another good one is the Total Recall or Schwarzenegger version, where Schwarzenegger pretty much describes what you're watching on screen where it's like yeah and this is where i killed this person <laughs> it's just it's just it's fun yes you know <laughs> so now for in star trek to into darkness paramount has decided to divvy up depending on where you bought it now right. this is a trick that actually they did for gi joe retaliation when it came out best buy had the exclusive extended action cut yes and other stores had maybe like a different cover or the steel case. Mm -hmm. So what is Paramount trying to do this time? Um, okay, for the uh, Target release, there is the... Um, I had it here. I just lost it there. Sorry about that. Um, they're, they're just doing the auto commentaries for the uh, Target release date. And then they're going to have a featurette on the Blu-ray... Uh, the uh, Best Buy release. And then for the iTunes download, they're doing another... Um, audio commentary so that's how they're dividing that up okay so let me just hear it's uh, uh let me just scan here the featurettes and trailers are likely to upsell on the blu-ray disc at target and best buy and the cinema now downloads best buy uh, us appears to have its content via cinema now download while the same contents on the bonus disc in canada and the commentary is obviously with itunes Yes. What's more, now it appears that each retailer, Target and Best Buy, has 30 minutes of exclusive content, which in addition to the 42 minutes available on all versions, means a grand total of unique content is 100 minutes, not including the two-hour commentary in iTunes. That's fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so basically it sounds like you have to buy three copies of this movie if you want all the special features. Right. This is a first, I think. I, I don't remember ever going. For, I mean, like they've had special editions for other DVDs, uh, movies that they you know Blu-rays in the past, where they, you know they gave you like a steel case version, and that's actually a part of our next article as well. Paramount has a Blu-ray problem. Well, before we go, before we jump into <clears> that, yes. I mean, I do know that Disney just recently did that too because I was irritated for um, Oz the Great Power. Powerful. Yeah, I saw it in 3D, and mm -hmm. I thought, thought the movie was beautifully in 3D, right. 3D but when it came out on DVD and Blu-ray you could only get either the Blu-ray edition mm -hmm. Blu-ray DVD combo or the just the 3D version by itself right if you wanted but, it, but the weird thing is it came with a coupon 
for like I bought the Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Right. And it came with a coupon for six bucks. You can go to Disney's website and order the three D disc, the movie on three D for an extra six bucks. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Hmm. Smoke break pushed me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's not uncommon that they've done like Disney kind of annoyed me originally because I'm like, well, whatever happened to their special like here, here's thirty bucks and you get four thousand discs and it's right. all the same movie except this one's got this, this one's got that. Yeah. You know, one's three D, one's Blu-ray, one's DVD, one's digital download, one's right. Which which I don't mind because I do have a three D Blu-ray player and a three right. D TV. So if, like for a movie like Into Darkness, I'll probably pick up on three D, even though I didn't go to the theaters watching three D. Right. But it would be nice just to have, just in case one day I feel like, hey, let's put on 3D just for a goof. Right. To kind of see stuff, like to see that, ooh, look, here's my hand. Ooh. <laughs> Great visual effect on radio. People say I have a face for radio, so why not? <laughs> I'm not touching you, but I look like I'm in 3D. <laughs> okay, so what's, what's Paramount's problem? Besides well, being ass wipes. Bill Hunt from digitalbits.com, that's the one you mentioned earlier. This is the fact he's wrote this article about the whole thing. And he's thinking about the next movie that is coming out. And I can't find it now. It was World War Z. World War Z, thank you very much. Where the, they're thinking about doing that again. They're making it special for the distributors and not the fans. Really? Yes. So now... This is specifically a World War Z thing that they're thinking about. Right. By like, if I was a movie distributor, I'll get my own copy of World War Z special edition, packed to the gills, just for myself. But the rest of the schlubs get nothing. Well, they get the they get the again like the the Star Trek. They're going to split up the audio commentaries and the extra featurettes among the different distributors between Target, Best Buy, and uh, iTunes, and so on. I I I really hope Paramount's not. I think the only way that they'll be able to, to not have this is people just don't buy it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, you know, let's face it. I don't believe in banning stuff because I don't believe bans ever work or boycotts never work. Right. You know, because you're not, you know, yeah, I'm a consumer, but if I don't want it, I just don't buy it. But I'm like, well, I like the movie, so I'll probably want to buy it anyway. It's like, I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not buying it. Fuck you. And you secretly have like six copies of it in your house, right? Or like people like to again to kind of coincide back to Man of Steel two with people saying, "Well, I'm not going to go see it because Ben Affleck's Batman." Right? Fuck you! You know you're going to go see it because you want to be that person to walk out and go, "See, I told you it sucked." Right? You know you want to be that guy, and if the rest of the world is going to see this movie, you want to be the only one in your house going, "I'm not seeing it." Nope. I don't like Ben (laughs) Affleck that much. Nope. You know, like it's. People are basically stupid, <laughs> especially in mass groups. Yeah. I'm just as bad. Right. You know, I'm like, and I go, well, you know what? I'm not going to buy Star Trek Into Darkness, so they're not getting my 20 bucks. <laughs> That's really going to make the Maramount go, oh, gee, sorry, Sean's not buying it, so right. let's just rechange the policy. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like, I'm like, uh, 20 million did, so you're screwed. Right. Now, my thing is with World War Z, because it's another movie I saw and I loved. Mm-hmm. I know that there is the alternate ending. Right. That they filmed and it didn't work. I'm wondering, like, that better be part of the special features. I mean, I, I want to see it. That should be on every every one, like yeah. every distribution. I mean, because that was a movie, too, that a lot of people predicted to fail miserably. And it actually wound up making success, a yeah. bunch of mon- money and it actually turned up being a success. Yes. Surprisingly, to the people who think they are in charge. <laughs> you know, like Brad Pitt, zombie movie, pretty damn good. And it's a bestseller book. Yeah. 
movie's different than the book, but still a good movie. You know, but I, so I just don't understand this concept of breaking shit up. I mean, especially as a movie buff, because it's like, well, I want this movie and I'm going to go to Best Buy because I go to Best Buy all the time for my movies. Right. So I'm not going to go to Target to buy it now. I don't need two copies of In the Darkness. <laughs> I don't. Yes. You know, and I'm certainly not going to get two copies for an audio commentary. Now, here's the, my question is, is usually with the Into Dark, with, with most, with most, ooh, most Blu-rays yes. and DVDs, it comes with a digital copy either via ultraviolet, which mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more of a digital copy guy. Like, you know. So you put on another device. Right. And I have noticed lately that with digital copies, I'm getting these iTunes extras, which I haven't watched, you know, for whatever reason or another. I'm wondering if there's going to be a digital copy in with In the Darkness for iTunes that will get me that audio commentary. Hmm. Like, that would be kind of a smart thing because you're not only you're buying the physical copy, it also comes with the code for the digital copy. And, and then you get the iTunes. You get the iTunes as a bonus thing because. Right. So at least you get two things instead of, like, Right, missing out on all of them and only one yeah, of them. Yeah, or what they're going to do is, you know these fuckers, they're going to wait, and then we talked about not even a half hour ago, they'll have three or four months down the road, they're going to go, oh, we're going to throw all them together and do like a special holiday version of Star Trek in the darkness. Right. It's going to have everything. So it's like... If you didn't buy your Target version or your iTunes, you can get it all now on one Blu-ray. Yeah, it's like, you fuckers, nah, i got to spend another $20. Sons of bitches, and if parent and like, I'm really hoping that Paramount's the only one doing this for right now, and I really, really hope you know it falls. Okay, now I'm looking at this article. There's an, an update that you printed out here based on German Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Now appears as a list of missing content on the U.S. wide release Blu-ray includes five more featurettes. Uh, the journey continues again, rebuilding the Empire, full of wrath, Kirk and Spock, and visual preferences, plus the commentary with J.J. Abrams and the crew and the theatrical trailer. Featurettes and trailer are likely what's on the bonus disc at Target and Best Buy and sending out da- downloads. So it's like if you live overseas, you'll get all of it. Yes, just not here in the U.S. Yeah, that's real fucking annoying. I, I, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why they do shit like that. I mean, I know it's consumerism at its finest. Let's just, you know, hey, we'll just here. Here's an extra two minutes. So the pictures I need it. <laughs> Like I okay, I literally have right now in my collection of DVDs. I have two copies of the Expendables. Okay. Okay. One when originally came out in DVD and Blu-ray, uh-huh. and then when they came out with the director's cut. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm thinking, why not just get rid of the first one? Right. Well, the first one has a shitload of speech, bonus features where they didn't put in with the second one. Yeah. And I'm like, now I need both. <laughs> I need both. See, that kind of makes more sense though, because you're just. You know, you, you, you know you're getting extra stuff. It's like kind of like two different movies in a way because you, you do have the extended cut of it. So it's a little bit different that way. So you're getting the bonus features of the yeah. movie. And then you've got the extra commentaries and the extra featurettes on the original one. So you, you know, kind of have two different ones. So it makes more sense. But it's not like they're repackaging the same movie right. with different featurettes and going, here, you know, like, you know, buy well, it. Well, like when we talked about Daredevil, they had the Daredevil DVD, which was like a two-dish special edition kind of thing with all the special features but when they came out with the director's cut it was just a movie yeah but at least they went you know what i mean it was because it was i think just before blu-ray right so it was just dvd 
the DVD of the director's cut was like half the price of the two disc special edition. Okay. But of course that came out like months and months later after the movie was already released on DVD. Cause I had it. I'm like, what? There's a director's cut. Oh, let me go see how much it is. And it was like 10 bucks. And I'm like, fuck for 10 bucks. I mean, I liked the movie the first time around. There's a director's cut. And it had like, it fleshed out Matt Murdock's as a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And it had Coolio in it, right. which everyone's like, Coolio was in that movie. Yes, he was. Right. Now you could see like almost an extra half hour of his trial. He was on trial for something. Right. So you got to see that. And I, I again, made you watch it. Yes. Cause, yeah, and you kind of enjoyed that version better than the theatrical version. Yes. Which again, it comes Because it down, made more sense. Yes. It's just funny how studios will go in and come in and say, we know what? pull this out and pull that out and pull that out. We'll just want all action. Right. But then you forget that through the mix of those actions, there's actual storyline that could get lost if you pull stuff. Right. You know? Yes. And I mean, that was the thing. We did watch the audio, uh, the uh, feature right afterwards and the director did, that's what his talking was about. Yeah. It was like, you know, I wanted to try and do the, this version of it for the theaters, but they wanted to cut it down to a certain time frame because they didn't think the longer version would work. In terms of uh, ticket sales. Right. And uh, no one wanted to see like a two hour, two and a half hour superhero movie. Right. But yet, how long was Avengers? Two and a half hours. hours yeah. How long was Superman? About two and a half hours. I mean, still, I mean, even The Dark Knight Rises was almost three hours long. So. <laughs> Felt like five. God, I know. I still have to watch. I still have. I, I told Ed the other day that I was actually going to watch the Dark Knight trilogy again. And I got through Batman Begins. I started watching Dark Knight Rise, Dark Knight, uh-huh. you know, and again, I get into that position where I'm like, you know what? I, I can't stand that. <laughs> Somebody just kind of fast forward to all the Joker stuff. Right. But I kind of like, I actually had to go do something else that day and I was like, oh, I'll get back to that. And I kind of fell off the wagon, yeah. so to say, so, so to speak, <laughs> because I haven't gone back to it because right now I'm watching NCIS Los Angeles. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll get back to it and I'll go, hey, I watched Dark Knight Rises. Still sucks. Because I let Ed in on a little secret that I kind of <laughs> fell asleep during it. That pissed me off. What? <laughs> you fell asleep through Dark Knight Rises. Because I, 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 he was so animated after we left the theater that night. He was because like, all the stuff that I saw that led me up to nod it off was like it didn't keep my interest enough to maybe go, I should stay awake for this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But he were like, this sucks because of this and blah, blah, blah. You just went like on this rant on the whole ride home. And I'm like... Yeah, you're right. I agree with every everything you said. But the stuff that I didn't bitch about because I didn't see it. <laughs> like the whole, uh, how come Batman's so against guns, but yet he's got on every fucking thing he has. <laughs> and even at the end, he didn't even beat Bane. It took Catwoman to save his ass. Right. <laughs> Shoot some. Yeah, I'm like, come on. You're not Batman. You're sidekick in this movie. <laughs> <sighs> so, all right. It so, would have been better with... with uh... What? would have been better with what? <laughs> I think Dark Knight Rises would have been better with Ben Affleck. Uh, you know what? I, I you're just being you're just trying to push a button. That's right. Like you know what? I'm I'm pro Affleck. <laughs> I think I think he'd be fine, Batman. Okay. You know, again, you don't have to be super like I'm, I'm here to fight justice. Just lower your voice. I'm here to fight justice. I'm going to beat you and punch you square in your turkey neck for justice, <laughs> and then go. <laughs> It's it's the Bruce Wayne part you got to worry about, right. and I think Ben could do it. I'm, I'm, as you'll find that I think more people are going to start realizing that maybe they were a little bit overreactionary for the whole oh Ben Affleck's Batman, Batman punching somebody. You don't need to be 
a thespian to do that. Well, since we're talking about this whole bat, bat Ben Affleck thing and the, the Batfleck, bat, the Batfleck thing, <laughs> the one thing that I've did see a couple of times that kind of irritated me a little bit was the fact is is that people are talking bad about Jersey Girl, and I thought that was a really good movie. Like, I'm like, what was wrong with Jersey Girl? I, you know what I think uh, the problem is? I think a lot of people forget because it's Kevin Smith's movie. Yeah, Kevin doesn't really, with the exception of Cop Out, because he didn't write it, he did mm-hmm. direct it. But all the movies that he writes and directs have a personal story to tell. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at Clerks, Clerks was about being in your 20s. Clerks 2 was about being in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Dogma was about a person, you know, him as a person kind of losing, questioning his faith. Right. Jersey Girl was basically about the relationship between him and his father and him and his new daughter. Mm-hmm. It was all, you know, like if you listen to interviews and if you saw him in interviews, it was like, I did Jersey Girl, you know, because I was a new father. I had so many questions. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, and in my relationship with my father, because he passed away during the movies, which is why it was dedicated to him mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. That it was it's a personal story. And if you get if you kinda go in with that kind of an attitude, or like you go, This is what it's like a first time father kind of thing, right. maybe you might have like a little bit more appreciation for it. I mean, now granted I am not a father of anything, but I'm a fan of Kevin Smith. So I can kinda but knowing going in what the story was personal for him, I was able to kind of enjoy it more. Mm. And I thought Ben was charming got Liv Tyler in it who's always nice to look at mm-hmm. especially because it was right after the first Lord of the Rings movie I think yeah I you think know? it was around that time yeah. yeah it was during that time maybe yeah. just before it but it was still nice to see her going <sighs> Liv Tyler the good genes were obviously in her not her sister <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah I mean I just I mean you know, if somebody wants to, to let I mean, me know I mean, contact me let me know why you hated it and if you actually saw it because that's I don't think people saw it that that slam it. Yeah, I think that's always people, uh, because because Kevin Smith slams it, but he's very you know like self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no one really got want to go see the movie in theaters. But again, it's one of those like like Mallrats. Mallrats, no one saw it in theaters. Yeah, and but yet it's got a huge following on DVD. Right. You know, and many and I think a lot of that's due to the special features that he does. Mm-hmm. That's again another reason why I'm a special features guy. Right. Because it has in the DVD. A video commentary where you can watch the film and every once in a while the screen will pop up and it's, you know, Ben, him, you know, all talking about the movie and laughing and having a good time, mm-hmm. you know. So to me, that makes a movie like more personal for me because I right. kind of like delve into what they're, it makes me feel like I'm sitting in with them going, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay, well, so enough about my ramblings okay. about DVDs and special features. So what's your next article there, Ed? Next article, Richard Gere picks Philly for his next movie. All right. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what's the movie? Uh, pretty Woman 2? Nope, it's called Franny. Good, because we don't really have any pretty hookers here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? I suck your dick, Mr. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Gere, take me away. So what's this movie called? It's called Franny, and it's about a hedonistic philanthropist who... <laughs> hedonistic philanthropist. Yep. <laughs> who integrates himself into lives of a newlywed couple in order to recreate the life he once had. Okay. It's an indie drama. Uh, of course it is. So... I got this news article from from somebody that we know, and I, right, you just you know he thought that'd be interesting to well, mention. Actually, when I especially hear... it's a Phil, you know coming to Philly, you well, know, okay, in October. Well, hold, hold on, I'm now I'm, as I'm perusing through the article, I'm yeah. going trying to find nuggets of 
funny in here somewhere. Okay. Or did, he's no stranger. He was actually born here. Yeah. I didn't know he was from Philadelphia. Okay. And though he soon left our area. So, he, you know, in 1949, he was born. He left. He was like, yep. Mom, Dad, um, take me out of here. <laughs> I've seen enough of Philly. Let's get out of here. And he's received the Marian Anderson Award for his work as a philanthropist and social activist focusing on AIDS research on the independence for Tibet. All right. Well, you know, good for him. I'm glad, you know, we'll get some money maybe into the city. Yeah. But, you know, the problem is probably last time I'll be here, be like, hey, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm Richard Gear. People, kids nowadays are like, who's that? It's a guy from Pretty Woman. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like the, hey, pretty hooker. Let me buy her for a week. <laughs> Those are called call girls. You don't find them wandering the streets. You actually have to go on websites to get them. <laughs> I'm glad you're knowledgeable in these things. I swear you call it. Oh, come on. Well, my first R-rated movie was Risky, Risky Business. <laughs> the Tom Cruise, <laughs> you know, that's where I fell in love with uh, Rebecca Dumernay. But again, prostitute, that hot, I don't know. <laughs> Only in the movies. Yeah, yeah. She had all her teeth. That was, a, you know, the first red flag that all make believe. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be here. Uh, production, I think, starts in October. So if you're uh, in, in the downtown town, area, yeah, the downtown area in October, yeah. stay clear. Yeah, or, or look for him if you're if you're a Richard Gere fan and want his autograph. Richard Gere, I loved you in Pretty Woman. You're the bomb and <laughs> Primal Fear, yo. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're looking for him, there you go. Dude, I saw your junk in American Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeesh. Movie I never saw. I didn't see it either. But, but everyone knows he saw his junk. That's right. And it, apparently his, what do you call it, sex symbol iconism that he had at the time. Dropped. Dropped. Yeah. That's apparently right. all the women were like, oh, he's not as hung as we thought he was. Yeah. Oh, well. He's got no Liam Neeson cock. <laughs> Or Michael Fassbender cock. <laughs> that's what the, that's right here. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Just, you know, All right. You ask anybody in the entertainment community. What what they're looking for? Liam Neeson. Michael Fassbender in that movie Shame. Apparently it's like in the first five minutes you see it and you're like, whoa. And then uh, Wild Things, you got to see Kevin Bacon's schlong too. Okay. I, look, I figured you know, we were talking about prostitutes. Why not talk about penises? <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand or hand in mouth or whatever. <laughs> All right, what's next on the list of your news articles, Ed? Finally, Stargate come back to life with a film trilogy reboot. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, okay, I did appreciate the first one. Yes. You know, the, the movie. You know, the James Spader, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Movie, I loved it. I didn't see, you know, I didn't see the need for the TV show. I did watch the TV show and I did enjoy it because it had, you know, MacGyver in it, right? And I like him, so I was like, all right, I kind of like the show. It's not bad. It's got, it's interesting. I never watched one episode of Stargate Atlantis. Okay, I, not even like, well, did they go underwater and find the place, or like, I don't even know nothing about it, nothing. Okay. The only thing I, the only two things I knew know about the show was that it gave you the guy who later became Conan the Barbarian, right? And then Eric Durant, Erica Durant, so Lois Lane from Smallville. Okay. Right. Her husband is in the show. Oh, okay. Those are the two things that I knew. Wow. That was it. All right. 
Good. I don't, you know more than I do. <laughs> so you don't watch the show either? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I try to watch Atlantis. I watch one episode. And you really have to, it's like one of those shows you have to watch it from the beginning to like understand it. Uh, you know, was, I think it was like season two or something like that when I watched it. And I was just like, yeah, I just can't really get into it. You so, know, I mean, I watched the first five years of, I mean, that's the thing. SG1, the TV show for Stargate, was on for like 10 years. It was a long, because it was actually on like regular TV. Right. And then the sci-fi network, I think, picked it, it up. up. Once, once they canceled off the regular TV. Right. The and then that dropped. ran for like another five years. It was like a, it was like a long running show. Yeah. That a lot of people either know or don't know. Like, Stargate was a TV show? Yeah. Yes. And the Stargate that was on, it was on, I think, the like Channel 29, which is Fox. Right. But it was like a Saturday afternoon show. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, prime time. Right. It was on it was on along the lines with Hercules and Xena. Yes. Like in those like made for T V syndication shows. Shows, right. You know, and just it, run, run and run. Yeah, and then eventually they were like, you know, we're not gonna pay for this anymore. And then sci fi was like, Well, we're running the we're running the reruns and it's doing well for us. No, actually I think it went to Showtime too. Did it? I think it went on to Showtime. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, all right, whatever. I just I do remember it went from like Showtime to, to regular T V to sci-fi i know it died at sci-fi yeah but, that's where right. it died yeah. but now do you think that it actually is deserving of a trilogy um you know it's hard to say i mean i do like the movie it's like one of those kind of movies that's like it's like if it's on i'll watch it okay like, i don't like go out my way to watch it but like if i see it like on one of the channels like tbs or tnt or something like that it's oh. like i'll watch it but well, uh okay so, well let's see we'll look here there's a couple little tidbits of information i'm looking here uh, Roland Emmerich had revealed that his prepping for the trilogy of the new Stargate film, so it's the guy who did the first movie, is doing this this reboot. Right. Um, he originally envisioned Stargate as the first part of a trilogy, but MGM opted to make Stargate SG-1 instead, which ran for a decade and led to two additional TV spinoffs. Two? I don't even remember. Stargate, Stargate Universe was the last one. It didn't last that long. Oh, thank you. They were trying to do like an all-encompassing one. They gotcha. made it, actually. They were trying to do it... Uh, as a game, well, because they had like an online uh, multiplayer game of Stargate no, Universe. I can see Stargate being a good video game. Yeah. Because it does have like the military aspect, and then you can jump to go through the gates from like one planet to another. Yeah. So it, it has really good video game elements, but to be able to kind of put them all together in like a cohesive thing. Good storyline to it, yeah. Good storyline and hard. It's hard, especially. But as an MMO, a massive multiplayer online thing, yeah. it might do well because you can actually have like groups of people transporting to a planet and right. fighting bad guys and transporting out and going to someplace else. Yeah. So it maybe has a little bit more of a versatility there rather than just a straight shooter. Right. But I mean, that was what their, their hype was because, I mean, Atlantis was doing well at the time and they were doing really well. And SGU was the next step up for them in the game. and. And then it just after that, it just kind of all fell apart. And according to this article, he decided uh, Emmerich decided that it was time to come back and give it another shot. Though rebooting the trilogy could borrow from some of the original plans, it's quick to point out that the new films will not be connected to the original Stargate film. Noting the actors look t- totally different, it would not work. Okay, it makes sense. Right. Now, the films were almost certainly not connected to the SG-1 universe either, since Emmerich never really was been a huge fan of the small screen version of the franchise. To this day, he maintains it's not canon continuation of his film. So, I mean, even the guy who created the movie was like, yeah, right, the show doesn't have nothing to do with my movies. Right. But yet that show is probably what led... 
it's kept the popularity going enough to, to do the reboot. To give him a do a reboot. Yeah. But then again, his last movie was um, White House Down. Okay. You know, which is basically a ripoff of Olympus Has Fallen, <laughs> which is basically Die Hard at a White House. <laughs> so, and he also did the great opus uh, 2012. He gave, oh, you the, well? gave you he gave you uh, 2012, Day After Tomorrow, Independence Day, the remake of Godzilla. Wow! I mean, he, he's really into like kind of disaster flicks, but Does he also, he really wants to really destroy the Earth or the United States. Or I, he just really likes to kind of make disaster flicks. Yeah, but those disaster flicks, I like to blow things up. I like to blow things up. <laughs> I, it just some are really good because I do like Independence Day. And apparently, they're making an Independence Day two. But I don't know if he's got any. I think he's also direct. He's also into it. Now, Dean Devlin, kind of like they were kind of like a partner as far as team goes, as far as movies. Mm -hmm. He actually went off and created the TV show Leverage. Oh, okay. So it's, and and obviously I like that show way better than I like, you know, 2012 I thought was fun. Pop, I'm a fan of popcorn movies where I can just turn turn my mind off and go, yeah. You know, like popcorn, popcorn, yay. You know, (laughs) and go, look, explosions. People punching each other in the face. I'm I'm in. I don't want drama. I'm not a drama fan. I, <laughs> my life is boring enough as it is. I don't need to go to a movie and watch two hours of boringness. Or cry. <laughs> I don't need to cry. Like Marley and me, the dog about the puppy. Spoiler, dog dies at the end. I'm letting you all know now. It's like Old Yeller. When I was a kid, loved Old Yeller. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. And at the very end when they shoot Old Yeller, I was Ball my eyes out. Of course, I was like 10 at the time, but, you know, and I had a dog. Right. So it was just one of those things. It was like, no, no bad movies. <laughs> was it that same no from uh, Vader? At the end? Yes. <laughs> I, was, I did it when I was 10. Like, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my whole life turned upside down at 10 years old when they shot Old Yeller. And the kid had to do it, too. It was like, you, because it was his dog, you got to take responsibility. You got to go. Put a shotgun to its head. <laughs> no. It's like your dad giving her a gun to your dog. Yeah, yeah, here. You know what? Your dog's sick. Here, here's a gun. Put it down. But can't we just let it fade away? No. You got to put it down. But, but, like, no, I could never, I could never in a million years think about doing that to an, a pet. Okay. Human being? Eh, maybe. <laughs> so, you know? I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about a human. You know? <laughs> A, a, a dog? No, they're, they're, they give you the little soft look, look upwards, like please don't shoot me. And then you put the gun down, and <laughs> yeah, and it bites you. And you wind up getting rabies, or right. it winds up, you know, it bites another dog, and you get the whole Cujo thing going yeah. on. Yeah, I don't get it. All right. All right, so yeah, Stargate's coming back to life. I mean, why not just redo your original movie with new actors, and then continue on your trilogy from the start, unless you got some new ideas. Well, I mean. You know, I, I guess he he feels that there's enough fandom out there. I mean, a lot of the conventions, you I mean you, there's always some kind of Stargate booth or some kind of stars that are coming for signing. I mean, I know like the, there's a thing called Star Trek Shore Leave in uh, Maryland every year, and most of them are Stargate actors that come to the to the convention. And a lot of people they're dressed up in the Stargate universe uniforms and they're you know running around all excited you know to see the stars. So there's still a fandom out there that will create you know enough money to do it i'm not saying there's not money involved i'm just saying i'm just like all right whatever go ahead go for it you know like i hope it makes a billion bazillion dollars and if it's good i'll watch it i'm yeah. you know i right. mean uh, i don't know if I'd, I'd go out run and see it in the theater but 
I get to try to check it out, see how I do. I do want to pull out the, uh, I think I have like the 15th anniversary edition of the original. Yeah. I have to watch that then again because it was like my mom's favorite movie of all time. I can never understand why. I mean, I know she was a Kurt Russell fan. Maybe that's the reason. Uh, and she was also very into the whole Egyptian mythology, like Egyptian. Right. Which is like, all right, maybe that's where kind of, that's why her love for the movie was so high. But to me, I was like, okay, it's a sci-fi movie. I mean, I like James Spader. I like Kurt Russell. So. I mean, I don't know. Some of the, I mean, the, the, I think some of the character development on that in that movie is really done well. All right. I, I think. I mean, yeah. that's my opinion. But it's also a nice mythology too. If you're conspira- if you're a conspira- uh, conspiratory guy, yes, who thinks that we're not actually alone in the universe, not alone in the universe, but not only that, but not only were we like because there's a whole like aliens brought us to Earth and we're we were enslaved through aliens. And if you look through culture, there's alien motif all around us. Yeah. You know, like we were actually planted and not evolved from the earth itself. Right. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. I don't think it, it hurts. <laughs> uh, God, I wish we had a cricket sound. <laughs> I think that deafening silence was good enough. <laughs> Let's go on to the next article. What's the next article, Ed? There's a new Sherlock in town, and his name is Ian McKellen. Get the hell out of here. Like, he needs the money. <laughs> Okay, what's uh? And it's, say it right, it's Surrey and McKellen. They have this in the in the title, so I just read it. Yeah, he's a sir. Verbatim. He's a sir. Okay, a Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Director Bill Condon has an idea for a film. It's they're they're greenlighting it, so it's it is definitely going to happen. It's in it's going to be based in 1947. Sherlock Holmes, a long retired, lives in a sleepy Sussex village, in, and his housekeeper and her amateur sleuthing son. But far from living out a peaceful retirement, he is haunted by unsolved case from 50 years ago. Okay, time out. Sherlock Holmes not finishing a case? Really? Okay. I'm just saying, it's Sherlock's fucking Holmes. This is the guy who walks in and goes, looks around the room and goes, he did it and here's why. Right, in five minutes. And then all of a sudden he's been troubled for 50 years. Sherlock Holmes has been troubled for 50 years about a case he never solved. Well, maybe he got older, he got sloppy. I know, I, I doubt it. Okay, I, I'm already kind of, eh. And then you got to pull the housekeeper's detective son into yeah. it. So it's, it's one of those things where just when, when Sherlock Holmes thought he was out, he gets pulled back in. Because I'm willing to bet Oh my god! I'm, I'm seeing the future, Ed. Oh, oh okay. I, I know it's shaky at best, but yeah. I'm gonna bet you that the mystery that her son is trying to solve is going to coincidentally coincide with the 50 year case that Sherlock Holmes. Coincidentally yes, <laughs> that and the word email. That is just two well, favorite I words. Co- I think uh... emo's okay, but coincidentally coincide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here my thought out. My thought was basically the son's working on a case yeah. that's going to kind of mimic or mirror the case that Holmes was on 50 years ago that he never caught the bad guy. Okay. And that's going to pull him back into going, no, 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 I, I, I remember this case. Let me help you out, son. Okay. I'm Sherlock's freaking Holmes. Of course, we have to wait and Sherlock's see if you're right. Freaking Holmes. Yes. That's the second time you said it that way. Because <laughs> Sherlock Holmes is a badass. He's the great. He he is the British version of Batman, which is without keeping count. Okay, yeah, I can go. You with can that. walk in, solve a crime. He's and... the master detective. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. I buy that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I bet you. Um, 
if they haven't mentioned it, but I bet you Watson's the killer. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Well, uh, that's all you got. Uh, well, <laughs> I lost my place because you wanted for that. Uh, I want that rant. Yeah. The 1947 Sherlock Holmes, long retired. Uh, okay. He remember. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. But far from living, he's haunted by the unsought cave. For the- he remembers only fragments: a confrontation with an angry husband, a secret bond with his beautiful but unstable wife. With his legendary mental powers on the wane, and without his old psychic Watson, Home is faced with the tough case of his life, a case that might finally reveal to him the mysteries of the human heart. The love story. Ugh. Oh. Ellis is in studio watching the uh, Dallas Giants game. Yeah. Almost. So now what's uh, so? Okay, it's got Ian McKellen, and I love him. Right. So I might be sucking. I mean, into it. you got Sherlock's home with Ian McKellen. I mean, that's a two. You know, it's a two for really. I mean, you know, yeah. how can you not like be drawn to it? A little I bit? know, I know, and that's like I, I, Ian's in, so I got to be like, all right, why not? <laughs> All right, so now this next story is kind of good. I like this one. Uh, Batwoman writer and artist walk after DC refuses gay marriage story. Yes. Okay, tell us about the article, Ed. Since the LG storyline debuted in 2009, Batwoman has become a very popular character in the DC universe. A major part of her success stems from the fact that she's been well-written lesbian character. A rare, a rare bearish in comics, thank you. I almost said breast. Yes. <laughs> a rare breast. I'm like rare breast in comedy. So I, like... I actually read Batwoman. I've actually read Batwoman. And she is basically the... She is one of the only DC characters in their modern age yeah. that's a lesbian. She's this, been a lesbian this, for a while. Is this like Earth 1 or 0? This or is Earth Prime. Earth Prime. Yeah, yeah, we'll kind of say the same. You know, along the lines with Batman, Superman, you know, in, in the New 52. And she was actually even before that. Uh, Karen King is her name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was a long stem lesbian, which I'm a big fan of. Le- a Jewish lesbian, by the way. Just so you know, she's actually a Jewish lesbian. A Jewish lesbian. Yes. According. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bought, I'm sold. I mean, okay. And I love the outfits, black and red. It kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, um, Batman Beyond kind of look to it. Okay. You know, it's right. black tight, red bat symbol. She's got red hair. It's really stunningly visually as a character. Okay. And she's a little bit of a badass, and she's a lesbian, which is great for the gay and lesbian community. Mm-hmm. You know, what? So, so the, the Batgirl mobile is a Subaru. It's not Batgirl; it's Batwoman. Batwoman. Yeah, Batgirl. Batgirl is a completely different character. Batwoman mobile is a Subaru. Then. Um, I don't no, know. No, <laughs> no. She's actually a cop, uh, and uh, actually, for her long, her long stem running girlfriend was Renee Montoya, who was the question. Okay. At, towards the end, huh? No, they don't look alike. She's got the bat dildo. <laughs> no. I don't think there's any bat poles involved. <laughs> so now they wanted to... There was a storyline. I read this kind of... Skimmed through this yesterday, actually. Uh-huh. Where they're actually going to... She asked his her girlfriend, not Renee Latoya, because she's kind of disappeared right. in New 52 yeah. for some reason. They gave her a new girlfriend. They were going to get married. She's, she proposed twice, apparently. Wow. And, but DC now has kind of pulled the X-nay on the Arage May. <laughs> X-nay on the Arage Yes. 
<laughs> oh, and actually now it's Kate Keane, by the way. Okay. They changed her name, too. They changed her name, yeah. Apparently. So both W. Holden Blackman and J.H. Williams have announced that they're leaving Batwoman behind. And so they're uh, Americal, they're, they're basically parting ways with the comic book. Yeah, they basically said, fuck you, we're out of here because you won't let our, we're going to let our major character get married. Yes. Like Again, now I blame... Okay, now this is a long-stem running problem with the management at DC. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, because this is going to tie into my article that I pulled for for us with the Harley Quinn, right? But we'll get to that in a minute because I want to finish off this one. Okay, DC refuses the gay marriage storyline. They yeah. don't give you really why. They just don't want to do it. No, they, I, they did not. They didn't announce which why they were doing. They just went to. Uh, and one of the articles that I read was that because whenever you marry a, a comic book character, mm-hmm. it automatically ages them. That if you can't, if like I'm 15 years old and I'm reading Batwoman and she gets married, all of a sudden it now propels her out of the realm of teenagehood. Which I'm like, number one, she's a gay character. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why, you know, like, okay, so great. That's, that's great. So you got teenagers or people who are not sure about their sexuality reading a positive gay role model in comic book history. Right. I mean, yeah, okay, they made uh, Jay Garrick the Green Lantern, but that's Earth Two, right? You know, this is the first. She's been Earth she, Prime. She and she's been this way for a while too. Yeah. It's not like they just go, oh, poof, you're gay. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> and she's she's an, she's actually got a really big following because also the storylines are really good too. Yeah, you know, she's a decent character, well written, well drawn, fleshed out character mm-hmm. in the Bat mythos. Yes, you know, she pulls her own weight. Mm-hmm. You know. Why not? But they just they, they just refused to kind of like, like, okay, with Peter Parker and Mary Jane. They were married, and to me, I'm like, well, it makes sense. They've been boyfriend and girl for so long. Why not get married? Yeah. And then all of a sudden kind of switch around and go, no, 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 we're going to dissolve all that. Because we want to make them younger and hipper, and we want to have all oh, the girl problems that he usually has. Right. Like, all right, well. Yeah, because they want to keep the, that storyline of being young forever. And then as soon as they get married, they're old, and they're out of, you're out of touch with them because – you know, new 15-year-old kids are reading these comic books, so they want to feel like they're that age that they could be bat, uh, Spider-Man or Yeah, but or the average girl. comic book reader is now, like, in their mid-30s. Right. You know, so why not, like, have them get married? Why not, like... But again, also, too, like, you can also use that any kind of marriage in comic books it, as a way to show, promote communication skills. I mean, granted, it does lead to the um, inevitable jumping the shark where that person, week after week, is always in danger. Like, you know, like that happened see, with, with Spider-Man a lot was that Mary Jane was always getting in trouble. Well, see, what what they have to do is, is they have to go to a comic book shop and sit there for like a day and watch who, who comes into the store. Right. And then realize who they should write for. Yeah, overweight, bald guys? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Sweatpants. Yes. The angry comic book guy from The Simpsons. That's right. You know. Uh, Worst crossover ever worst lesbian ever <laughs> so yeah so i mean yeah i, I just i, I mean, mean especially now i mean it would be it would be number one a, a, such a bump in there i think sales you know yeah. number one if you had like a bat woman wedding kind of thing people would yeah. buy it but i'd the, buy it but the thing is is that you could always you can always you could always it's just horrible to say but they could always save it they could have her get married because that's where the storyline probably eventually goes to. But then once they're married, 
just go off the... They do that all the time. Now, that's so, also another fucking annoying trick they do. It's like, oh, here's my girlfriend. Here's my boyfriend. Boom, dead. No! And that, like, all right, you know, why can't you have, like, a, why can't they actually have, like, a stable relationship? Like, everything works out. Everything's happy. Yeah, or maybe they have, like, you know, like, I think that's one of the reasons why I like the, the Peter Parker, Mary Jane marriage is because... They didn't really have like a lot of troubles. I mean, they, but they did seem to have like problems paying the rent because you know he did have the secret identity of Peter Parker. Right, and, couldn't really call right. Have and a good job. She, you know, of course, she was the money winner because she was a model and became actress and all that kind of stuff. And right, owned her own nightclub and you know, so she was the big breadwinner. Right. So they kind of had eased off the financial issues for a little bit, but then, you know, all right, I just don't see why they can't have a successful couple. I mean, if you're not a superhero couple. Because it was working for a while between Bla um, Black Panther and Storm. Yeah. And all of a sudden that got dissolved during the Avengers X-Men fight thing. Yes. So I think that, you know, just, eh. I think that it's just all a matter of taste. I think it's just stupid. Right. But my story is, I mean, I think they should do it. My story is that I posted it on our, on our Geeksters Facebook page. Right. And it's the Breaking the Comics with Harley Quinn. Here's the actual article. It's basically DC wants you to draw a panel of for their upcoming Harley Quinn series. Right. And it says, uh, Harley Quinn is no stranger to a little breaking and entering for a good time and now. She's going, she's going to help one talented artist break in the comics with DC Entertainment's open talent search. Now, this is on DCComics.com, by the way. Okay. Um, that's right. We're looking for someone to draw one page of Harley Quinn Zero alongside some of comics' most amazing talents including Amanda uh, Connor, Paul Pope, Bruce Tim, and a few other surprises, maybe even you, Ed. <laughs> I can draw some stick figures. <laughs> <laughs> Beginning this November, Jimmy uh, Pamelotti and Amanda uh, Connor will be writing the Madcap Adventures of Harley Quinn, and they'll need the all the help they can get to handle her. So they're opening up the invitation to one undiscovered talent to join them. If you think you got what it takes to be published in this special issue... Then put your working hat on and start drawing now because an opportunity like this doesn't come along very often. Now, submissions can be – and for those people who are out there who are expiring artists who are listening to the show, I'll give you kind of how – what they're looking for. Okay. I'll give you the whole meat and potatoes type right. thing. Um, <clears throat> your submissions can be in pencil, pencils and ink, or pencils, ink and colors. You know, Please keep in mind the level of your work should be of professional quality – so don't feel the need to ink or color your work if you're only confident in penciling. Oh, and did we mention we'll be receiving the submission ourselves? We'll be reviewing the submissions ourselves to personally select Harley Quinn's new creative accomplice. Harley, Harley Quinn, one page, published work, breaking the comics has never been this fun. Now, how you enter is you read the rules and regulations, of course, below, confirming you're eligible. Right. Um, now you read the following script page. Read the following script page and give us your original artistic impression of what those four panels should look like on a single page. Okay. Now it's <clears throat> from them. It's page fifteen in this book. Okay. Four panels. Panel number one. Harley is on top of a building, holding up a large detached cell phone, uh, holding a large detached cell phone tower in her hands, as lightning is striking just about everywhere else except her tower. She's looking at us like she cannot believe what she's doing. Besides, she's beside herself and she's not happy. So apparently, they're going with like kind of like the Deadpool kind of like breaking the fourth wall. Okay. Where I'm going to now address my studio audience 
kind of thing. Right, gotcha. Panel two is Harley's sitting in an alligator pond on a little island with a suit of raw chicken on, rolling her eyes like once again. She cannot believe where she's found herself. We see all the alligators ignoring her. <laughs> okay. Panel three, Harley is sitting in an open well mouth, tickling the inside of the well's mouth with a feather. She is ecstatic and happy, like this is the most fun ever. <laughs> now, the fourth panel is the panel, which is the reason why I feel like it's a newsworthy article. Right. Uh, besides giving an artist a chance to kind of break into comic books. Right. Harley is sitting naked in a bathtub with toasters, blow dryers, blenders, appliances all dangling above the bathtub, and she has a cord that will release them all. We're watching the moment before the inevitable death. Her expression is one of, oh, well, guess that's it for me, and she has resigned herself to the moment that's going to happen. Wow. Now, please have your final artwork fit in the following specifications. It must be in a JPEG format. Uh-huh. It should be 11 by 17 inches. Right. Uh, 72 DPI. DPI that's that's, that's per inch, inch. Right. And preferably 50, 500 kilobytes, no larger than one meg. Okay. Because now they do, they're printing through computers and stuff. Right, yeah. Uh, fill out the some the fill out the form by 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on by Tuesday, October first. Attach your artwork and click submit. Right. So there you go. You can become the you can get break if you're one of those lucky few that have a desi- desire to write for comic books. Jump in there. Go to dccomics.com. Do you know? I'm sorry, did, I missed it. Did, did, did you have a submission date when when it's due by? Yeah, I said October first. Okay, sorry. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> I said that like two minutes ago. Where were you? Uh, I got sidetracked on something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. All right. So the problem that most people are having a problem with is the whole Harley naked suicide thing. Really? Right. Now, again, first of all, people who read that or just posted the Harley naked in a bathtub kind of thing right away blown out of proportion. Well, they don't really want a naked Harley Quinn. They're not going to. Really... No, they're not asking for like full front nudity with tits flopping out in the bathtub. I mean, there's enough fan art like that anywhere. Yeah, but what they're looking for is like something kind of like to be published. I mean, I'm thinking like a bathtub full of it's Harley. Right. She can make it wacky and goofy where she's in a bathtub. She's got a rubber ducky next to her and a big bubble bath. One leg hanging out one end and just right. laying back, or even have here you go, artists. Have the the trigger to drop all that electrical stuff like wrapped around her ankle. So all she's got to do is just kind of let let it, like in between her toes and she's holding around with her toes. Yeah. So all she's got to do is just let go and then boom. You know, they're not actually asking you to see Bush. <laughs> you know, you just seeing if she's got like you know the diamond pattern cut out in her cooch. <laughs> she's got a she's got a landing ball. A landing. Now Harley's I think more of a. Harley is a hardwood floor kind of girl because she's got to wear that tight outfit, you know. Yes. So you don't—they're not looking for nipples. They're not looking for anything. They're just saying she's naked in a bathtub. Right. How? How is that offensive? Right, because they're making just side tub shot, you know, kind right. of thing, and it's you know just her head and all. Yeah. I mean, you just got the imagination she's naked. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they don't want her in full costume, just laying in a bathtub. You know. Right. It's like okay, makes sense. The suicide part, everybody obviously has a problem with because, as far as they're concerned, it's like, oh my god, you're glamorizing this with one of the DC comic books. You know. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Well, now, so I, I you know, I did. You know, here's people are bitching about it, and uh, 
there is a little side note. Like apparently, it's because I said people are bitching about it, there actually is on there's a website that calls has has DC done something stupid today page. There is a link <laughs> to an article with Jimmy Pomerati gives the context for that page. So here is the reason why we want this page. Okay. Okay. So before people are jumping to conclusions, why don't you read this fucking quote? So according to Pomerati, Harley is a com- is complaining about what DC writers want to make her do in the comic book series. It's a pretty humorous meta reference, doubly so in light of DC's constant editorial interference and bizarre direction for its characters. It's entirely possible that the panel being depicted is Harley Quinn complaining about DC's sexualizing her suicide in light of yesterday's reaction to the panel. That's a little bit funny. Okay. You know, yeah. But people don't, people don't want to read. They don't. It's like... They see something and write them act, react without getting the whole story. Right. And that's, of course, that's everyone's society. I mean, like, Ben Affleck's Batman. Holy shit. I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I just kind of feel like it's satire. Yes. Okay, yes. Maybe the, 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 our suicide isn't funny. But again, I believe, like, as George Carlin put it, that anything can be funny if the joke is structured correctly. Right. You know, so if... If the joke is constructed around the fact that she's mocking DC's editorial people by going, this is the shit I have to do to get famous, or I could kind of see that satire as being funny. Right, right. Or at least kind of mildly ironic. Right. You know, so I just kind of feel like, shut the fuck up, people. <laughs> like, if you want to try to break into comics, here's a good way. Again, dccomics.com. Right. I mean, it's one of the big ones. So you, you know, you, you, you're going to get a lot of notoriety if this, this is done well. And, you know, and, and, and even if not, at least so you get a rejection letter. Yeah. At least it'll help you kind of know where you need to go, like what you have to work on, maybe. Right. Because they'll probably tell you what's, you know, what they didn't yeah. like or, you know, what they would like looking for. And, you know, so you can understand it better. Yeah. I mean, I so. think that way. I mean, I don't know. It just, it just strikes me as odd as how reactionary but i do have to admit though i am kind of glad for certain things like uh this past two weeks you had miley miley cyrus and her twerking and <laughs> the dc universe you know saying okay batwoman can't get married yeah and this thing with harley it's all taking away the uh, attention of ben affleck being batman <laughs> that's why i keep mentioning it <laughs> that's fine to remind people I think the more longer it goes, more people are going to start coming around. Yeah, no, I, like, I, I got to wait and see. So, you know, I'm, you know. It's going to be awesome. Okay. That's my prediction. Go, good for you. That awesome. Affleck awesome. <laughs> I think we should take a little break and then uh, come back, finish up. What do you oh, say? Okay, sure. Why not? All, All right. right. And on that note, we'll uh, see you in a bit, folks. So I take Marianne's pigtails, right? And I use them like a fucking bicycle handlebar, yo. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Back on. Yeah, I fucking do that. <laughs> like, I can. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll get the show back to you guys. So I'll talk to you later. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Good looking guy's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, he's pretty, fair, you know pretty where, far out. You know where I met him? No. Jersey. No way. Yeah, Lang City. <laughs> Makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, you know, nice guy. Right. Little touch about certain things, but you know, gets his memories mixed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if he's bagging both, then uh, I can see why he just calls him Mary. Yeah. Hey, oh, <laughs> won't get in trouble in bed. That's right. Uh, for all I know, you know, I'm sure he got some sort of both of them in bed. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Mary Jane eating Mary Ann's pie. <laughs> Not in that apple pie kind of way. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, that was part two. Yes. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the show's getting away from us. <laughs> all these people walking in, just sitting down and start talking like they fucking own the place. It's your show, right? I know. They start taking some control, why don't you? Every time I go to the bathroom, there's somebody else sitting here going, talking shit, and you're letting them. Yeah, because they say, move your feet, lose your seat. I don't, you know, I go, uh, okay. And they uh-huh. sit down and start talking. Whatever. <laughs> okay, well, I guess, you know, we'll just go on to part three where we talk about stuff and yeah. things so if you want to contact Sean on anything we've talked about you can go talk to him at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com or you can contact Ed at Ed at wordswithgeeks.com or you can go to our Facebook page Geeksters and like us or you can also go to aquanetradio.com and their Facebook page like them and like I said in the first part we are live on Sunday nights from 7pm to 10pm Eastern Standard Time that's for those people who live out around the world so Listen in. If not, you get the extra bonus shit that we put in for you guys, as always. So, peace out, bros. That's all, folks.